You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. Doug on the road again, live from the Essex Home Studios. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I can't hear someone say on the road again without going on the road again. Like, it's just that song. It's one of those, aren't there like phrases like that where immediately you have to say or sing that verse? A lot of them people don't get, though. I mean, anytime that I have that occur in my brain, it's a lot of jokes that are strictly for me that I often say. And sometimes I say it out loud and then I look weird because nobody else gets it. But oftentimes that is what happens to me. Like Somebody when, will say a phrase and it'll be just for me. Well, like when anyone says grind, I immediately have to go, there's nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I can't, it's like it's an involuntary action. I, I cannot stop myself. Do you still allow yourself to On make R. Kelly again? jokes? Are you still allowed to enjoy R. Well, Kelly jokes anymore? Or? I've separated that lyric mm-hmm. from R. Kelly. See, if we were playing at home, we would play the sound that makes us not talk about this anymore, but we don't have the sound here. <laughs> we, we don't have that kind of equipment, even though it is a professional radio station, I promise. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast, presented by the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Uh, shout out to Liam, by the way, for joining us in our Patreon community. We've had, what, a handful of people join our Patreon community the last couple of days or so is that right people love the the live broadcast we're gonna we're going to have to find a way to do that a little bit more often it, it is gonna be and we can still do that and now we'll go into maybe it's not sad it's a little sad for me i'm gonna open up to you it, this is a little sad but it's still not as sad as it could be right so for those of you who don't know and i think it's pretty much all of you we haven't said this yet but this is going to be doug's last week doing the podcast at least here in charlotte with me Doug, you are moving to Nashville, Tennessee. I am moving to Nashville, Tennessee. Want to make it clear, I will be still on the show mm-hmm. because through the magic of technology, and the show is going to sound just as great, and it's going to be amazing. Um, but yeah, I'm moving to Nashville, Tennessee. Got an opportunity there, uh, moving the family this weekend. Uh, so sad. It's certainly bittersweet to leave the Queen City. Uh, but uh, luckily uh, we have you here uh, holding down the fort, representing the show strong locally, and I'll just be the gas bag uh, making jokes from across state lines. That still appears daily. So anybody that is worried about the show right now, that is worried, okay, Doug is leaving, he's not going to come back, this is just the beginning stages of him eventually stepping away from the pod, this is all a podcast that still is going to be the exact same, except for Doug being in a different state. It is going to sound the same. We still have all of the equipment to make sure that we don't lose any audio quality. Um, now, my computer, and I'm not very good with technology, as Doug has seen multiple times. It's amazing. So <laughs> so I, I do have Zoom. That's what I've downloaded, so we can talk face-to-face, and it can be like we're in the same room at the same time. And maybe that's what we need to broadcast live. Maybe we'll broadcast the Zoom you know, conference live and kind of take people inside, those that are on Patreon. But you should be worried that I'm staying with the show because I'm just constantly distracting you. I'm constantly taking the show into areas that are really not Hornets related. Even though I love talking about the Hornets, I also love talking about everything else as well. So you should just be worried that I'm staying with the show. I'm worried that I can't keep you focused 
because there's no there's no physical way that I can do it anymore. Now you're just going to be again, you're going to be across the state and there's nothing I can do to hey, reel you back in when you talk about your favorite beef sandwich or your favorite chip of the day. Speaking of focus, so I'm watching Big Little Lies right now. Went ahead and, and just bullied through season one, which I'm not going to give any spoilers away in case anyone wants. It's right now it's in season two. If anyone wants to go back and watch season one on HBO now or something. But season one had such a focus as a show because it was centered around one event. And I'll, I'll say this, it was a murder. And so there was a little bit of a mystery element about, about who was the person actually murdered, which is a twist on the mystery. Usually you're looking for the person who murdered someone, but the actual mystery was who was the person that was getting murdered in, in, that was revealed in the first episode. And so it had a real focus. But the second season, we're about three episodes in right now. Last night was a new episode. And it's just completely lost focus for me. There's no, like, one element that's keeping the entire show together. Much like the Hornets, if Kimball Walker decides to leave this franchise, they are going to lose a focus that they've had for so many seasons and a focus for fans as well. All right, I'm glad you were able to tie that all together once again. We do have another show update. We are going to be doing Mondays. Wednesdays and Fridays for really the next two weeks. We have breaking news reactions to any free agent signings. Certainly, we're all waiting the Kimball Walker decision, and we'll talk about that. July 6th is when guys can sign. I think June 30th is the moratorium period, I guess. Is that correct? Is that how you phrase it? I well, think, that's how you say more the word moratorium. I think, is that the correct term yes. for what it is June 30th? That's correct. There's a moratorium on any kind of so so teams can come to you know sort of verbal arrangements. You can like, negotiate. Yes, you can negotiate. You can say, well, yeah, I plan to join your team, but it is a moratorium until July one. That's when teams can actually put pen to paper. So we've got this whole week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, discussing some things about Kimba and just maybe some of the decisions that do face the Charlotte Hornets in the next week. And then the week after that, and then that'll probably be it. So we got three weeks of three days a week. Then we're going to go to two days a week for quite a long time. Then I think about what, maybe September, we start to go back daily. Are we gonna go? Are we gonna go back to three days a week and then full and then daily again, or just probably go daily? Got to play it by ear, baby. I, I am going I too far in ma- advance. Yeah, I don't know why I'm doing that. I don't know. Yeah, three years from now, I'm gonna tell you what we're, exactly <laughs> what we're gonna do. Hey, don't you think? Speaking of timing of things, don't you think that if this Kimball Walker free agency situation uh, drags out several days or maybe even a week? that that does not favor the Charlotte Hornets? Like, don't you think if he were planning on re-signing with the Hornets, they would have happened sooner rather than later? So the only benefits that could come about for the Charlotte Hornets right now that aren't here right now would be some kind of big boy trade. That would be the only other advantage that would happen with the Hornets that you don't already know about. We already know about the fifth-year option. We already know they can offer Kimba the most amount of money. We already know the things that are attractive about staying here in Charlotte. We already know Charlotte is not changing enough for Kimba to decide to leave or stay within the next couple of weeks. We already know the advantages that this team has. But maybe the Lakers are able to pull off something that would be advantageous for Kimba to go there, like creating more money. We don't know that they have that yet, but they certainly have that possibility. And you're right, as time would go on, that would only enhance the Lakers' possibility of getting them. Dallas, that... You know, something could happen where maybe Dallas is more appealing than what the Charlotte Hornets are for Kimba. So you're right about that. As time goes on, 
other teams can catch up to what the Charlotte Hornets can offer in some ways. Yeah, I think everything around this franchise is known to Kemba Walker. I really don't expect some crazy maneuver to make this team significantly better that would entice Kemba Walker in some way. I think any pitch to Kemba Walker would have to be, hey, this is what's going to happen to our books, and then we will you know, pursue every available option to us to make this team an Eastern Conference contender. But I think everything in terms of next season is known to Kemba Walker. That leaves everything else being unknown to him. And I think if, if the decision drags on, He's, he's, you know, contemplating, he's thinking about those unknowns and, and becoming more comfortable with those. All right, let's take a quick break. and We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about Kimba Walker. Rick Bennell wrote an article in the Charlotte Observer about how a Kimba Walker re-signing, how it would affect the roster around him. We can remember Kimba saying, yeah, I would take less in order to help the team build around him. And I think people ran wild with that in a way that they probably shouldn't have. We'll talk about it next on the Locked On Hornets podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Doug, don't you have an Eldon Campbell like stuffed animal type thing? Yes, I do. I got it at the last regular season home game that they had before they left for New Orleans. I, look, I love me some Eldon Campbell, but... Is that, is they, that the they were just they were clearing everything out of the house because it was whatever they gave to the fans that night they didn't have to take with them to New Orleans. Get more Hornets analysis on lockedonhornets.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Again, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hopefully next week. We just got an email inquiry about talking, I guess discussing P.J. Washington and all the other Kentucky players that are on the Charlotte Hornets roster from Curtis Birch. That's correct. Of Locked On Kentucky. That's right. And we've had, we have plenty of those Wildcats on this team now. This That's is the narrative a, now, right? Yeah, it's not a Carolina team. There's not a Carolina bias with this organization now. It's all about Kentucky, baby. Go blue. Wait, that's Michigan. What, what's Kentucky? <laughs> Go, are they Big Blue or something? No, I don't think they're either one of those things. I don't know what Kentucky. I mean, go cats. Go cats. <laughs> that's that's what we were. That was the Bobcats, right? Well, see, that's go the, cats. Go. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing that they get all of these Wildcats now that they've switched from Bobcats to the Hornets. Rick there's ben- not a there's not yeah. a college team with Hornets. Is there? Uh, there a Hornets? I think Delaware. If I'm not mistaken, I knew you would know. I knew if anyone would know, you would know this. Delaware, let's get our research team on that. Delaware Hornets, I, I think that's correct. While you do that, I want to mention something. So I walked into the ESPN 730 studios here with a nice, refreshing beverage in my hand. It was a root beer <laughs> in a glass. Uh, IBC, diet root beer, by the way, doesn't taste that much different from regular root beer and saves a few calories. Just a little pro tip there for the root beer drinkers. IBC, now other diet root beers, I, I you know, like diet uh, A&W, I'm not a big fan. For some reason, IBC diet root beer actually uh, doesn't taste that bad and, and keeps uh, you know the, the tire away. But I, I walked in and you immediately you were shocked that I had brought a bottle. You thought it was actual beer. I thought you brought in a bottle of beer, <laughs> and so I thought you were feeling froggy after we had beer on our live show, mm-hmm. and <laughs> so I was like, okay. We're just casual all the time now. We're just going to be drinking every single time. And so it would be different. Like if we were doing a podcast at the Gittimer.com studios, mm-hmm. it would be different because, Doug, I don't know if you know this. 
it would be an FCC violation for you to bring that beer into the studio. Well, I, I didn't know that, but I did know that it would be just a, uh, a just a regular old human violation to come <laughs> yeah, into someone's right. workplace with <laughs> yeah. an alcoholic beverage in my hand. But I will say this, now, that, I, that I think there is a stigma against the glass bottle. I don't feel very comfortable walking around in like a park with a, a nice, cool root beer no. in a glass because I think people look and and think what you thought well now it's a brown bottle if it was clear i think that's a giveaway of this is soda i'm just going old-fashioned soda right now i'm not look i'm not responsible for the bottling of the root beer i know you're not i it just looks when you walked up the ramp or when you walk down the hallway i like your your first thought you're such a radio guy your first thought was oh the fcc (laughs) so (laughs) even if we're not on the air I, now, I don't know about that for sure. Like, I, I think maybe we're okay if we're not on the air. There's no FCC for podcasts, by the way. Right. And so that's why if we were at the com studios, like we did with the live show, then on Patreon, you know, we were drinking beer and eating pizza and it was a party on the mic. Mm-hmm. Here, you have to temper your party just a little bit. And I thought you were just... I think some of us on the live show should have tempered our party. <laughs> maybe maybe a we're couple. rowdy. Maybe a couple, and uh, really, I just mean one. Thanks again for joining <laughs> us. Uh, it was Delaware State, by the way. Delaware's the Blue Hens, which you we know idiot. that. You idiot. You said Delaware. It was Delaware State. I meant State, Delaware State. Moron. I meant Delaware State, and I My should have God. made that clear. I said Delaware. They're the Blue Hens. Please forgive me Why all you... just you... walk out into traffic on Moorhead? <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, we'll get Locked On <laughs> Delaware host to join us and talk about the history of the Blue Hens and then Locked On Delaware State, because I'm sure we have that somewhere on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's talk about Rick Bennell's article that he wrote in the Charlotte Observer. It was about Kimba Walker, of course, signing Kimba Walker to what is going to be a big contract and how that would affect the roster around him. Big boy contract. Rick does mention, and this seems like common sense to me, that if you sign Kimball Walker to a big contract, it's going to affect the roster around them in a negative way because this is a team that has not made the playoffs now for three straight seasons. Kimball Walker getting signed to anywhere from, what, 170 to 210? A lot of money. The Hornets have made it clear, including Michael Jordan, including Mitch Kupchak, when he took questions, I think at the last workout right before the draft, Mitch said that they want to dodge the luxury tax. He made that very clear, which I thought was interesting. So not that I'm surprised by any of it, but he did make that clear. I do not anticipate paying a luxury tax for this roster. Not him, but the Hornets certainly don't. And you know what? People like to kill Michael Jordan for some of that. Man, if you're not making the playoffs, why are you paying the luxury tax? Why are you just spending money to spend money at that point? And this is a team that hasn't made the postseason for three straight years. Now this is going to be a team that probably can't sign Jeremy Lamb and avoid the luxury tax. The Cupjack said they can't. With Kimball Walker on the roster. Which also means which and, and they of course they can't. They they can't re-sign Jeremy Lamb if they want to avoid the luxury tax, which means Jeremy's gone. Or I think he said something to the effect of they would not be exploring that. Correct. And so if Jeremy Lamb's gone, that means that you're already worse because that was your second best player. Mm-hmm. In order to avoid the luxury tax, there still is some work to be done, which means that you have to either, one, stretch Bismack Biombo, or trade a player and not get a whole lot in return, at least at this point. Maybe during the trade deadline, there's a team that's trying to make the postseason or a team that can contend with maybe one more veteran addition, and that's when Marvin Williams would come into play. But right now, you're probably not going to get a whole lot of value in return so you're gonna have to like you said in the last podcast 
take it on the chin if you trade one of these other veterans with a bad contract. I don't like stretching a contract, Doug, because it makes a contract on a case-by-case basis, but it makes it less valuable now. Because if Bismack Biombo is making $17 million, we understand that to be a bad value, but it's only one more year. Would you rather have Bismack on the books for 17 for one year, or would you rather have Bismack on the books for you know five and change for the next three? I want him gone, so I want 17 and then getting rid of him. In fact, I think we saw Keith Smith tweet out about the Rockets situation. They are really wanting to have more cap space so they can go sign another star to contend. And Keith Smith put out there, hey, maybe you sign him on Shumpert for $13 million, and then you can use him as a trade piece in the regular season at some point. And it's just a one-year deal, but it's an expiring, and it would be helpful to match money on a big boy guy that you trade for. Like, I'm keeping Bismack where he is, and even Nick Batum, that's a little interesting. But, man, with that big of a number, you want that big of a number down to what? $10 million stretched over two years? Like, I don't want to stretch any of these contracts because it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's going to be really tough to avoid the luxury tax with everything that would entail avoiding the luxury tax. Yeah, and so I think financially, like you don't want to – I think you would only want to stretch one of these contracts in concert with, with some other moves that, as you said, would make this team actually better as opposed to you know just not making the playoffs again and being slightly worse. Doesn't make any sense there – also doesn't really make any sense philosophically. I think this team just needs to excise the demons of the past. And and Bismack Biombo, while they didn't sign him to that deal, uh, the dominoes that fell to bring Bismack Biombo were because of deals that they had traded for and deals that they had signed. And, and I just I really think this this team is unfortunately stuck in in a previous era in a pre Mitch Kupchak era. And, and only time can heal these wounds now because these players are not valuable to other NBA teams. Bobby Marks put something interesting on Twitter. He likes to ask uh, trivia questions every once in a while. And he did ask a trivia question about six players in the 2019 free agency class that are eligible to negotiate a no-trade clause in their contract. And so one of those guys just so happens to be Kimba Walker is one of those six players. And the priorities of this is that you have to play eight years in the NBA and you have to at least spend four years with the team you're currently playing with. And so Kimba Walker would be eligible for no trade clause. Now, I think we were looking it up pretty loosely. I don't think we have a definitive answer, but I'm pretty sure just a couple of seasons ago, a guy like there was only three people that had no trade clauses. It was Carmelo. With the New York Knicks, we all know how that was for them. It was tough as hell for them to move on. You had LeBron James of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm pretty sure had a no-trade clause because when we were talking about what you do to upgrade the roster, I'm pretty sure LeBron had one. And Dirk Nowitzki had one with the Dallas Mavericks. But it doesn't happen that often because it's just not smart business for that team. No, no, and players don't stay you know, with a team that long anymore, it seems like. And so the, the one thing, because an out with Kimba Walker, right? Let's just... You know, I know there's a lot of Kimba Walker fans out there enough to the point where Kimba is going to be Michael Jordan even in his fifth year in his contract. But let's just say for the sake of this argument that somehow he is not very good anymore by the fourth or fifth year in his contract. How dare you? You want to get out of that somehow. And negotiating a no trade clause would make it quite literal that you cannot get out of that without his permission. And so I I don't think that you should try to negotiate a no-trade clause with Kimball Walker, the only thing that would make some sense, Doug, is maybe he would come down on his asking price 
if you were to able to have a no-trade a no clause there. So maybe instead of offering them 190 say, Kimba, we'll offer you 170 but here's the no-trade clause. I'm just interested to see how that would be a part of the negotiation process when deciding if he's going to stay here in Charlotte. To me, it is, it's kind of like a nuclear bomb. Like It's, it's, a, it's a weapon that, that the Hornets have. That causes destruction to everything. Well, yeah, it's going <laughs> to yeah, have some really lasting damage. And it's, it's one that you don't want to use willy-nilly. You want to really put some thought behind it. But it's also something that you have that you know possibly another team doesn't have, just like a nuclear weapon. So, but there's some fallout, and and I think the Hornets should be very careful about putting any more sort of weights, financial weights around this team's neck after everything they've been through the past couple of seasons. Yeah, it would be really tough. I wonder, I wonder how that has affected negotiations in the past. I mean, because what we're talking about with the no trade clause that were given out, even Carmelo, which I know he's a polarizing guy. I mean, Carmelo is a Hall of Famer to me, bar none. I don't think there's any doubt about it. But the other, the people that have gotten no trade clauses have been on a level that Kimball Walker's just not. You know, I mean, even Carmelo to a point. I mean, Carmelo. Be sure, be the, I think he'd be the worst player to have a no trade clause. That's a really dig. Yeah, I mean, he's not just, as... We, the names that come up immediately are all players that are better than Kemba Walker. You mentioned Kevin Garnett had one. Mm -hmm. Kevin Garnett is one of the 50 greatest players of all time. Mm -hmm. Is he what? Even top 25, I'd have no problem putting Ooh, him up there. That's a good debate. <laughs> oh, rank radio, baby. Yeah. Let's do it right now. You do have LeBron James, who could be the greatest. I'm going to put him at least, Doug, at least top two of all time. Oh, who's number one? And Did then you, you Dirk Nowitzki. Now, Dirk Nowitzki is interesting. Dirk Nowitzki, is he, is he better than Kevin Garnett? defensively KG had him there that one's a tough one I don't even want to get into that one because I don't want to get yelled at if I'm thinking about something I like I'm not accounting for something that I should but both of those guys like those are top 50 players in the game and you look at Kemba and he's not a top 50 player all time now Carmelo is interesting but you get the point I think we all get the point here I just it would be rare to see that I think I would be pretty surprised to see that and I just again you mentioned the nuclear bomb thing I think that's accurate and now I think what's interesting about the no trade clause is it might be more of because you think you know, as a player well you know you want top dollar forget no trade clause just give me top dollar that's what I'm looking for I want I want the no trade clause and top dollar but if you're Kimball Walker I think it would be more interesting for him because he does love playing in Charlotte so much and he loves living in Charlotte I mean he has expressed this multiple times and I think that he might relish the idea of being able to control his own destiny especially when you do sign a big contract because it's like it's like taking a big uh, salary in, in, a, in a larger company it, you you suddenly like yes you get the benefit of having a larger salary but you also become sort of target number one to move out if if costs have to be cut and so yeah if you're Kimba I mean and you really want to dedicate yourself to living and playing in Charlotte then that might be interesting to you all right we got the summer league schedule on the other side of the break it was announced also we do have some players that Mitch Kupchak talked about playing in summer league and one that'll be interesting to see whether he does or not it's all up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast you are listening to the Lockdown Hornets podcast we're going to talk about Jim or Jay Laranaga and James Borrego should get the first name right. <laughs> yeah well Maybe that one I should get. Actually, his real name is James, but they call him Jay. We'll call him Jay, too. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
do is another one. All I want to do, when someone says all I want to do, I'd say a zoom, 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 and a boom, boom. Um, see, now, this might be a deep cut. Mm-hmm. Anytime I hear that, what immediately comes to my mind is all I want to do is have some fun Cheryl Crow style for you. You know, that'd be a, a, a solid number two. I would do that as well. All I, I want to do is have some fun. It, it do, It's in my head now. I'm all of a sudden taken back to elementary school, riding in the car on the way to school with my mom, blasting Cheryl Crow through the speakers. Yeah, these phrases that come up in just general conversation that immediately you have to sing the lyric that they are famously associated with. So the Summer League schedule, it was announced. Um, It's going to start July 5th. Charlotte Hornets lead off Friday, July 5th at the Cox Pavilion. 9 p.m. they play the Warriors. That'll be on NBA TV. On Sunday, July 7th, that'll be at Thomas and Mack. That's going to be at 3.30 on Sunday, July 7th. They'll play the San Antonio Spurs. That's going to be on ESPN2. That's interesting. They usually play summer league games on ESPN2. Is that new? I I don't know, but I I don't feel like this many summer league games have been covered on non-NBA TV affiliates. That's what I'm... Yeah, I think so. That's what I'm saying. All right. I don't know if it's ESPN or not, but I mean, it's usually just all NBA TV all the time. Quick turnaround after that July 7th game at Thomas and Mack. They have a back-to-back Monday, July 8th at the Cox Pavilion at 11 p.m., so very late. (laughs) Back-to-backs in Summer League. I know. That's hilarious, right? Uh, Charlotte Hornets versus China on ESPNU, and then Wednesday, they get a couple days rest, so not quite as vigorous as the back-to-back. So a couple days rest. That's Wednesday, July 10th at the Cox Pavilion. They'll play at 5 p.m. against the Chicago Bulls, and that will be on NBA TV. That July 8th game against China will be at 11 p.m. little late-night ball. I think I just said that. I think I'm pretty sure I just said you 11 know, p.m. I don't listen all the time when you speak. I'm I'm just reading, and I wanted to say that. I, mean, I don't think you mentioned how late it was. I think you glossed over. If you did, you were like, I think I said 11 you p.m. Like, you were like July 8, 11 p.m. And then you just glossed <laughs> over. It. You just said it really think. quick. I just what I was doing is coming over the top of that and adding some analysis. See, that's my role. You are the pod dad. You are the professional radio person. You come in and tell them the facts, and I'm telling you it's interesting that it's that late at night. And they're playing China, which is interesting. I think China and there's one other country, and I wish I had that fact right at the helm, but there's two countries that are going to be involved in Summer League, which is very odd. That's normally not a thing. So Doug moving to Tennessee, and the show's not going to lose any focus whatsoever. <laughs> Everything is going to be it's going to continue to run as a tight ship. So after the opening four games, the top eight seeds advance to a single elimination playoff, and the other 24 teams will play a consolation game. How did we do last year in the summer league? Didn't we? Weren't we pretty good? I'll look it up. I think it was pretty good. I think Billy Hernan Gomez was actually very good in summer league last year, and it's what made Nada think he might start over Cody Zeller. He came out with that hot take. And it wasn't. Then, I mean, it wasn't. I think Hernan Gomez certainly uh, it didn't rise to that level, but all, but did break through the rotation in a way that surprised me. It didn't surprise Nada, but it surprised me. Yeah, I, I expected him to do exactly what he did because I'm just completely right and like I am most of the time. Who can we expect to see there? So it'll be P.J. Washington, Cody Martin, Miles Bridges, and Devontae Graham are all going to be there for sure. Now, Bacon is expected to play a few games, according to Mitch Kupchak. And possibly Malik Monk. We don't know for sure about whether Malik Monk will play in Summer League. Doug, I've seen a lot of people react to that on Twitter. People want that dude to play Summer League because I think all of us want Malik Monk to develop as much as he possibly can. It seems like a good idea to go 
run in summer league and be one of the better players out there, presumably, because they're all rookies, guys trying to make rosters. And you think Malik Monk would be able to eat like he did in the one game that he played last year before he got injured. But you're hoping that Malik Monk does show up and then probably next year is going to be for sure a year that he does not play in summer league. So the Hornets last season were three and two in summer league that ranked them seventh out of 30 teams in Las Vegas. You know, what was interesting about summer league last year was that Miles Bridges, you could see him develop from game to game in that summer league because the first game he was not great. And Devontae Graham was certainly better than Miles Bridges. I think both of the first two games, I think you could argue Kubolka, who had a good first game, I believe, maybe he was even as good as Miles at times in that game one. And then Miles started to get more comfortable. You could see him be more assertive. And then you saw, okay, Miles was the best rookie, at least on the team last season in Summer League. But he was not the best rookie in the first two games of Summer League last year. And that was pretty cool to see him. You know, it, it's so little, right? Like in an 82-game season, you see them develop ever so slightly. You can't see it except for maybe a month at a time. It was funny to see that a game at a time last year. And hopefully he can do the same thing this season, just as the other rookies that are on this team. I would love to tell you Miles Bridges's Bridges's is it Bridges or Bridges's? See, I always just go Bridges. I don't put the extra z on it and I just I right. just imagine people kind of put the apostrophe in their head as they're listening to me on the end of the s. So I just say I imagine Miles Bridges and then I just kind of go on from there. I think one of the funny things in the Simpsons that always makes me chuckle but is so small is when Homer calls them the Flanderses. The Flanderses. I the- just that always makes me like the Flanders is and then something that they own. Yeah, it's well no, he just calls them the Flanders is. I've never noticed that. Yeah, and it's it's funny to me, but not in a laugh out loud funny way. It's just one of those things that he does that Homer does that I just go <laughs> Did you notice by the way speaking of the Simpsons that Jackson Hayes, your boy, had the sideshow Bob Chain on draft night. That was something that we should have talked about more and we did not the following Friday. Oh, I did notice that and I made I made the reference that it would be funny if as he was walking up to the stage that he stepped on a series of rays <laughs> and went boo. I mean, that's one of the best Simpsons jokes. By the way, we were talking about best, uh, me and a friend of mine were talking about best seasons of television of all time. Mm-hmm. Like what would they be? Oh, I've got mine. I got my Simpsons one actually for you. I to me, I was trying like even more interesting to me than that whole conversation. Like, what seasons of television are are better than others? Is which season of The Simpsons is best that I would put into my top five seasons of all time? Because certainly Simpsons has to be there as one of the greatest television shows of all time. And to me, I think it's either season four Mm -hmm. or season six see i like season two i'm a season two guy and it's early in the game did you not like season two i just think it it took them a little a while to figure out hey we're not just a regular sitcom we are something else and then they became that something else and that was after that was really like season three or really four i think four was when they like fully figured out what the simpsons was and and that's you know it, it that became the staple for their glory years. You really gave me a disgusted look, like I'm a novice. Like get the season two stuff out of here. That's not even in the realm of season four, or season six. I think it deserves a little bit more respect than that kind of look that you gave me. I just think season four and season six have the more classic episodes. Although season two does have one of my sneaky favorite episodes. And it's uh, episode fifteen. Oh, brother, uh, where? Uh, yeah, where art thou? <laughs> when he when he ruins his brother brother's car business by making the car. That's a oh man, that's so funny. There's some great uh, some what, good ones. But four and six. Homer's last day on Earth because he eats the puffer fish or the blowfish. 
I love that one. And I, I think I think you're wrong about The Simpsons season number two not being its own entity, not being like every other sitcom. I think it, I think it wasn't. I need to pull up the full episode list, but I, I think generally people consider four or six the better, the best Simpsons episode. All right. According to Shams, the Hornets intend to sign undrafted small forward Robert Franks to a two-way deal. Franks is a four-year senior out of Washington State. Franks averaged 21.5 points and 7.2 rebounds per game while shooting 40% from beyond the arc on seven triples per contest as a senior. I mean, you look at the stats from Franks, those are really impressive stats from him at Washington State, and you have to give that guy, um, I, th- I think, your approval of coming in as an undrafted free agent to come in and at least maybe make some noise during summer league because those stats are incredible. Yeah, and I think, you know, Mitch Kupchak in this new era of general management from the Charlotte Hornets is giving more credence to second-round players and undrafted players, and, and I think guys are getting more looks, it just feels like, than in than in previous seasons guys like elijah thomas as well the hornets added him power forward out of clemson to their summer league roster and if you watched any acc basketball elijah thomas might be a name that you are familiar with so kimball walker um also just looking at some of the roster moves that the hornets can make as we try to dump all of the content that we have real quickly before we end the show today uh kimball <laughs> We're walker not back until wednesday we gotta <laughs> yeah. leave people with something uh kimball walker not the only player the hornets can make an offer to this offseason charlotte does have until just july 1st to decide whether or not they want to extend a qualifying offer to frank kaminsky and this will be interesting because of the luxury tax avoidance that the hornets do want to experience and i don't know if they're going to bring back frank kaminsky in order to avoid it or if they let him go but you would think that they need to get rid of a little bit more salary in order to bring him back and avoid the luxury tax. Like, again, a Marvin Williams or maybe one of these veterans is gone from the team. Mr. Plow was in season four. Marge versus the monorail, which might, to me, written by Conan O'Brien, by the way, little known fact, I, to me, that might be the greatest episode of Simpsons in, in, in its history is Marge versus the monorail. That was in season four. Uh, last exit to Springfield, which tops a lot of lists. I look at this stuff a lot. I'm sorry. Last ex- exit to Springfield was in season four. Might be season four for me. Man, I I forgot all about it. Now, I do have Simpsons 2. I actually cared enough about Simpsons season two yeah, to DVDs. have the DVDs. I do have the DVDs. <laughs> DVDs anymore. Well, we've had this conversation before. I still have my DVDs. I never got. Well, Simpsons 2, I mean, that's in what, 1990, whatever the hell. So when they come out with that, I mean, that was when DVDs were prevalent. And now the reason people put season six in a lot of these discussions about greatest Simpsons season and possibly even television season of all time is because season six did feature the who shot Mr. Burns. Yeah, that was was great. Which was legitimately a television event. Something Mm -hmm. like it was the first time that a cartoon had the entire nation talking. I don't even want to spoil that for people. Did a 15 rating. It, it's Sim, it's Simpsons, so it's already well known. But the, when you find out, and nobody had that person pegged as the shooter as Mr. Burns, we got to be okay to spoil it, though. I'm not going to do it. I want to, but it's the damn Simpsons. We have to be okay as far as spoiling it because it is. I mean, what year did that come out? Oh, so that was uh, season six was 1995. Been a while. I can't believe they're still doing this stuff. All right. Thanks again for joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Uh, remember, you can get this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Hornets. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Until then, so long. Treehouse of Horror 5 was in Season oh, 6 as great well. Great one. The Shining, Perry.